Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Welcome to Yoga Birth Babies, a podcast produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. We will be diving into everything prenatal yoga, birth, and baby-related, hoping to inspire, educate, and empower you through your journey into motherhood. Thank you for listening. Hi, I'm Deb Flaschenberg, and I'm your host of Yoga Birth Babies, and today we have a birth story. Oh, I love our community birth stories, but what I particularly love about this birth story, one, it is someone who I had in the teacher training, and I got to know her well through that, and then she came to classes online through her second pregnancy. So when I get to know people and I watch their journey, it means so much to me when I can hear their birth story. Now, Allie's birth story was absolutely beautiful. As I was listening, my mouth was agape. I just couldn't get enough of hearing it. It was a peaceful, confident birth where she used mantras that we often talked about in class. Some of them was, I trust my body. I trust my baby. And that is so important to find that inner trust. She used one of the other mantras that we say, squeeze knees, birth with ease. And the relationship she had with her midwife and how her midwife held the space for her was really just stunning. So I'm really excited for you to hear hear such a positive birth story, a hospital birth story that I hope inspires you and puts a smile on your face the way it did mine. Let me tell you a little bit about Allie. So Allie Marie Richardson is a yoga teacher, a birth doula, and the mother of two daughters. She holds her doctorate in physical therapy and was formerly an active duty in the Coast Guard. She and her family currently live in Northern Virginia, where she spends most of her days exploring parks and chasing sleep. I know, what what new parent is not chasing sleep? I totally get that. I have to tell you, the first time I read that, I thought it said chasing sheep. <laughs> no, chasing sleep. So I'm so excited for you to hear Allie's birth story. Before we do that, just some updates about what's happening. So we're starting to add some more in-person classes at the studio, which is super exciting to see we're climbing out of what was kind of our COVID sleep and we're adding more classes. Now, just because we're adding more in-person classes does not mean we're changing what we're offering online. So we are still going to be offering online classes seven days a week, along with our in-studio classes, our on-demand classes and workshops, our in-studio parenting classes like childbirth ed and lactation prep. And of course, a lot of that is on-demand and online as well. So you can check all that out at prenatalyogacenter.com. Now, while you're on our website, and you can check to notice we got a brand new design website. I'm so excited about it. Grab your free downloadable. Think of it as like a little free gift. It is called the five simple solutions to the most common pregnancy pains. So if you can't make it to class, but you still have some achy lower back, 
I got a couple yoga poses that can help on the spot. So check that out. And they can also uh, apply to postpartum because I know (laughs) those pains are still there after having a baby. And then the last thing I just want to share about our teacher training. So we are doing it at this point twice a year online, and then we have twice a year in person. So if this is something you're excited about, we go very deep into this material. Check that out also on our website and see which training best fits your needs. All right. I said that was the last thing, but I lied. (laughs) If there's a topic I haven't covered on the website, let me know because I have been getting emails from you, the community, sharing what you want to hear about, and I've been looking for speakers on that. So feel free to send me your requests at deb at prenatalyogacenter.com. All right, that's enough of me. We're going to take a super quick break. When we come back, please enjoy Allie's birth story. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hi, Allie. I am so excited to speak with you. How are you? I'm doing well, Deb. Hi. It's so good to talk to you too today. I love it. So I'm all about transparency. So listener, community friends, I've (laughs) known Allie let me see, for a couple of years, she did the teacher training with me in, I was thinking it was DC, right? It was right before the pandemic, right? I think. Yes, ma'am. Like it we, was like some months before. Yeah, yeah. I remember feeling like we just kind of snuck it in because like mid end of February and then yeah. you just had a baby. So I got to work with you now that everything's online. So, oh, I'm so excited to hear about your birth. So yay. I'm so happy you're here. All right. I'm just like gushing. I'm so happy. All right. So I know a little bit about you, but why don't you share a little bit about yourself? Okay. Um, this is like, where where do I start with first? And does that like judge me for like what I list first? This is like, well, just just say anything about you. Okay, so I am, let's see, I'm a mom of two wonderful girls. Um, one of them is three. Her name is Saya, and Saya was seven and a half months old when we started prenatal teacher training. Yeah, we had like a group of you guys pumping and feeding. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, that was us. Um, and then Sybil was just born, gosh, almost six months ago now. So that's, I'm like a stay at home mom slash um, virtual yoga teacher. So I teach power yoga and prenatal yoga. And then I, um, I'm also a birth doula. So I've been doing that kind of just by happenstance with the whole COVID thing. Oh, wow. um, for the past 18 months. Yeah. It was never a plan to become a doula. It was like a running joke between a couple of close girlfriends that like I should become a doula. And then they both got pregnant at the same time. And they're like, um, we want you to attend our births. And I was like, well, it's COVID and I have to be an actual doula to do that. So <laughs> I kind of like found myself doing doula training. So then I became, and then I loved it, right? Like I attended their two births and it was like been a birth a month basically until I was at the end of my second trimester um, with the second kid for me. And I'm married to a really wonderful man named Matt and he's in the army chorus. So I guess I'm an army wife if you want to call me that. And I also was in the Coast Guard for a time. And then I was a physical therapist for a time. And now I'm here talking to you. 
And that's an amazing journey. I didn't know you became a doula. I'm not surprised yeah. knowing yeah. your nurturing nature. Um, <laughs> I, and we, we tend to get a lot of folks that finish our or yoga training and become doula. So again, not surprised, but really, really happy to hear that. So let's go into, we're going to talk about your births, but I'm really curious because between your first and second birth, you really explored the world of birth. How did you prepare for your second birth differently than your first? Oh, oh, Deb. (laughs) So you were like this little, um, like almost like, is it Jimmy Cricket, right? Like my conscience with me <laughs> once I found out I was pregnant with Sybil because I so vividly remember about uh, prenatal yoga teacher training and you talked about the differences between your first and second like uh. pregnancy journeys and what you did differently. And so like I was never a spinning person. Like I never, I could not stand a spin bike. My bum is not made for that. <laughs> um, but I was a runner and like I clung to running so hard with Saya, like ran a marathon, like into second trimester. Um, and I just kind of let that go with Sybil. Like that did not serve me well. I ran like for a really long time with Saya's pregnancy and with Sybil, as soon as it started feeling bad, I was like, I a have to chase a two-year-old for the rest of my day. Like I cannot afford to not be able to move and be like, why, like, why, why, for what to prove to who? Um, so with Sybil, I was just like a lot softer with myself. And I really tried to remember like what you said about like finding the balance in the pelvic floor and just not like, I don't know how to say it, but just, it wasn't that I didn't value myself or my aesthetic or like how I was as like a yoga teacher in my community. But I just, I knew that like I would get back to all of my fitness and like who I was, if that was a, a priority after Sybil was born, but like that was not the priority in growing the second human that I was mm-hmm. growing. So I just, that was like a big part. Like that was a big part of the first pregnancy with like my fitness. And that was a big part of the second. They just looked radically different. And then with Saya, I was in something called centering at the hospital that I was being cared for at. And so that was like group therapy basically in the context of prenatal care. And so I was with like 10 women and we met once a month and we had these like two hour appointments that were like childbirth ed and seeing the OB. Um, but then that was before COVID. And so then, like, fast forward to Sybil, and I was, like, pregnant in the height of, like, Delta and Omicron. And so I was, like, terrified to just be out of my house. Um, and so everything was telehealth except for, like, my anatomy scan at 20 weeks and the glucose test. Like, if I didn't have to be in any office, I was not in an office. Mm-hmm. And they would call me, and they'd be like, how are things going? I'd be like, great, I'm fine, thanks, bye. <laughs> Um, and, but I, but I honestly felt that way too, which I would never felt that calm with Saya. Um, but with Sybil, like, I just felt like I can feel her moving. Like my babies were both very active, even though I had an anterior placenta the second time around, I was like, no, I feel her. Um, or I feel the baby cause I didn't know if they were boys or girls either time. Um, and so there was like this combination of less exercise, like less intense exercise and telehealth and, but at the same time, I was also a birth doula. So I was still like attending births while I was pregnant with Sybil. And so I felt like that was my childbirth education with Sybil. I didn't feel the need to like constantly be on Google, like looking up things. 
the way I did with Saya. Like Saya, like I got hiccups and called triage. I didn't know what they were. I was like, what's happening? Um, and with Sybil, I was like, oh yeah, I think that's something I should probably be aware of, like make a note of. But I didn't really do kit counts. I was like, I feel her moving all the time. She's fine. Um, and so it was just like a very, very different experience. You sound um, like it was a more, I don't want to use the word ground, although grounded is what's coming to my mind because I don't want to sound yeah. like you're ungrounded the other time, but there seemed to be maybe a better word is saying a level of trust. I don't know. How does that feel? Yeah, for sure. I mean, say it, it took us six years to get pregnant for say mm. So like by the time we were finally pregnant, I was just like, I was looking up rates of miscarriage every day, like for the first trimester. I mean, I just lived in fear, like so much fear um, of losing her. And so like that just, it, it just, there was like this buzz with Saya's pregnancy. And then with Sybil's, I was just kind of like, my body can do this. It's done mm-hmm. it before. Like if, if this baby is meant to meet me on the outside, like we will meet each other on the outside. But like, there's just so much of this that's out of my control that worrying about it, I knew wasn't going to make me or the baby any better off. Mm. And then like just that added kind of like lovely distraction of having a two-year-old to chase and a very active two-year-old at that, like there just isn't the time or the energy like to be looking up things all the time. Um, but it did, it, it did like, I think grounded and like trust really does resonate with how I felt with Sybil. Um, and we like joke, we call her Chibble, like chill Sybil, because she just is kind of chill. Like that's her, that's her MO. Um, and I think that kind of rung true from the start with her. Oh, I loved hearing that. Thank you for sharing. And they're really different approaches. So thank you for sharing that. Was there anything from your first birth you were hoping to either repeat or anything that you're like, absolutely <laughs> not? I do not want that to happen again. You were hoping to avoid. Um, well, so with, with both of my girls, I ended up with gestational hypertension in the last week. Um, but literally like at the 39 week mark. And so with Sybil's pregnancy, I was like, I just really, like, I ended up having to be induced for Saya. Um, and I was just like, it wasn't a long induction, but I just knew like, if I could avoid that induction, I really wanted to, um, like I had this, this dream of the very first birth I ever, like not even as a doula, this is like a decade ago, was present for somebody during their labor was this woman who was from Italy who was working for me and her mom like flew here to the States from Italy and she started going into labor and the first thing her mom did was like make this beautiful dinner and break out like the best bottle of wine and I remember just thinking like this is how to go into labor, like this is what I want to have when I have babies Um, and so like in my brain it was like I want to avoid an induction so I can be at home and like I don't know I don't know if this is appropriate to tell your like podcast (laughs) listeners like I wanted to have like a sip of wine not not a bottle but just like a sip and just be like calm before going to the hospital if if that was all possible um and then when Saya was born there was like there was a moment where she was having d-cells at the end of pushing Mm -hmm. and I I'm not going to say threatened, but like the OB who is attending the birth is like, I'm giving you two more pushes before the C-section team who's in the room watching this all go down, wheels you out of the room. And so there were like 20, over 20 people in my labor and delivery room by the time Saya was born. And I just like yearned. I really wanted a home birth with Sybil. I was like, if I could just birth this baby, that was like the joke with my mom and me was like, 
home birth 2022. Like we were going to have this baby on my kitchen floor, just like <laughs> by accident, <laughs> like not planned. Like my aunt is a PA who like lives five minutes down the road. One of my best friends is like four houses down as a NICU nurse. And I was like, ladies, you are all on call. Like just <laughs> consider yourselves present for this birth. Um, and so I just really wanted, like, I just, I didn't want to feel like I was in a hospital, even though I wanted to be in a hospital because my brain goes into this like anxious place of like, what if the worst thing happens? And I wanted a NICU available. Um, but I just didn't want to feel like I was in a hospital. That's what I wanted to avoid. I wanted to like, I had attended a few birds last year where like, it just was this like, like in all circumstances, right? Like I had a belly birth. I had a, well, a person who delivered, with an epidural, I had a person who delivered unmedicated, but in all three of those situations, like the the energy in the room was still like very calm. Mm-hmm. And that was what I like was really hoping to like have. Um, I really appreciate I started- that. I really I just want to pause and say how much I appreciate that <laughs> you recognized all the varieties of birth and that the common denominator was they were calm and you were still and they were still in a hospital because i think right now so many of us think of hospital births as like right i mean and, and there's truth to it bright lights a lot of people mm-hmm. and it takes some engineering conscious engineering to get that calmness so yeah. thank you for pointing that out and, I, and there's like validity and there's, there's circumstances where I think all those forms of birth are absolutely appropriate and what's needed for everybody's health, for everybody's safety. Um, but yeah, I think that, that energetic component, like I've never been like a woo woo like person, but over the years with like certain aspects of my life, like I've really come to appreciate like that energetic, like the value of energy in the room. Mm. Um, but yeah. Um, Hoping to repeat, like getting back to your question, like what was I hoping to repeat? Despite all the craziness of Saya, like her birth story, like I didn't have to have an epidural. And so I was able to move like whatever way I wanted, minus like the constraints of an IV pole for the Pitocin. So like I knew and movement was such a big part of me feeling like I was in control of the process. Um, and so for Sybil's birth, I really wanted to avoid pain medications that would take that movement away from me. Um, and then I really like my two things were like, I didn't want an epidural if I didn't need it. And I wanted to have that golden hour after the baby was born. Um, Cause that is like to this day, one of like my favorite memories of Saya's birth is just like when they plopped her like slimy body on me. <laughs> and so like, I really, I was like, I really, really want the slimy body with me. Like as soon as possible, however this baby comes out, like just give her to me. Um, so that was like, you know, of all the things that I can't be in control of, I know that I can kind of be in control of like how quickly I get this baby so long as the baby like doesn't need obviously like medical attention. Um, so that was that. Oh, that was great. I'm so excited now to hear, to hear your birth story. So we're going to take a quick break and we come back. I'm just going to give you the floor to share Sybil's birth. All right. We'll be right back. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, my friend, I hand the mic to you. It is all yours. I would love to hear <laughs> Sybil's birth. Okay, so I feel like I have to like preface this with like, I was telling my husband, I was like, I don't know why Deb wants to hear like Sybil's story. Of course, I think it's beautiful, but it's not like Hollywood drama. Like it's very kind of just, calm like that's what we wanted I think that's important (laughs) to hear hear about calm because I think you just highlighted something so many of us know birth from Hollywood drama like when we think about birth like before I got into the birth world my impressions of birth were from the movies and tv and people screaming and you know, craziness and get the doctor. Like, so the fact that yours was the opposite, I think is really reassuring for those that don't have, who haven't peeled back the curtain because they're not in the birth world. There's, you know, they have the other influence. So that's why I wanted to hear your story. Great. Well, then let me tell you. Um, Okay. So I kind of already alluded to the fact that I have the gestational hypertension. Um, so with Sybil, it, it was, um, it kind of was like a foreshadow that my 37 week appointment, they, um, I had like a, I had this one high blood pressure reading and like, I can tell you 15 other reasons why I thought it was high, but it didn't matter. It was high. They documented it high. So they were like, boom, slap the label on you. Um, but we'll let you keep being pregnant for a few more weeks and see what happens as long as you feel okay. So then I came back and I was like, okay, I'm not, they, they offered for me to come in at like 39 weeks for an induction. I was like, no, that's okay. Um, I'll be, I'll keep being pregnant. Cause I just didn't feel like anything was really like anything was imminent. Like I, with both girls had these terrible, you call them Braxton Hicks. I call them like contractions that lasted for a month before my babies came. Um, but like lightning crotch to the extreme, but nothing that ever felt like progressing labor. So we, you know, ever since the 37 week appointment, we put the hospital bags in the van and kind of like went along our merry way by the 40 week appointment. I was like, you know, Matt, like, I just want you and say to come with me. Cause they're probably going to hear the heartbeat and say is like super into doctors, like playing pretend doctor. So she like loves having a little stethoscope and she was like, quote unquote, listening to the baby's heartbeat, like through my belly with her little play stethoscope. So I was like, what if she like got to play with the Doppler and so I like needed Saya to come with me. I needed Matt to be there. Um, so we all family of three got in the van and went to the hospital for the appointment. 
And of course, like taking a two and a half year old was like the worst idea in the world. Because <laughs> if you have a two and a half year old, you know, like getting a two and a half year old like into a car is a process. Driving in DC traffic for a half an hour is a process. And then like it's raining and it's February, so it's cold. And it's just like I stacked all of the odds against myself. And I was like, I'm still coming home. We don't need to put the hospital bags in the van. We have all the safe stuff. So like left all the hospital stuff at home. Went into this appointment, and surprise, surprise, my blood pressure was high. Um, yeah, did I mention we were running late, too? Because that helped, too. Um, so we we get to the appointment, and then they wouldn't let Matt and Faye come back with me. I had this, like, thoroughly, thoroughly nurse. And, I, and she was, you know, probably had a bad day, and that happens. But, like, she was like, no, they have to stay out here. I was like, Okay. So I go back to this this appointment. They take my blood pressure right away. She's talking to me the whole time. And the, the reading's high, and she's like, um, I'll be right back. So then the midwife comes in with the resident, and they're like, I'm sorry, your appointment is over, and you've just won yourself a ticket to triage. So then I like, I'm like, wait a second, what? She's like, yeah, I'm sorry, you can't go home with a blood pressure like this. Like, you're having your baby right now. And I was just like... No, like I'm in a sweatshirt. I'm in leggings. I don't even have my purse. Like I gave my ID to my husband so he could get onto the base. Like, no, we're not doing this right now. Um, ramble, ramble, ramble. Go up to triage. Send Matt and Saya home so that grandma can come and watch Saya. And I like sat in my labor and delivery room for three hours. And we're just like, Okay. Like no blood pressure reading. Somebody came and like checked in on me and was like, how are you doing? I was like, uh, I don't want to have this baby right now. This baby's not ready to come out. And she was like, yeah, the baby's ready. You're ready. I was like, no, I'm not. Um, so I like did a bunch of deep breathing um, and called a couple girlfriends. And then I was like, what's taking my husband so long? Like it been three hours where is he and the midwife comes in she's like what do you want to like what do you want to do what feels good to you I was like I want to wait till my husband's back she's like okay so it was like 5 30 in the evening shift changes at seven um Matt finally gets back to the hospital with the smoothie but I'm like if you're going to take this long bring me a smoothie please and thank you um and so he comes back and the midwife comes in she does a cervical exam and she's like this is like the first cervical exam I've had this whole pregnancy and she's like, okay, well, I can stretch you to five centimeters, and you're about 75% of phase, and the baby's at a negative three station. And then my doula brain, I'm like, okay, so the baby's really high, and uh, yeah, I'm not having regular contractions, so can I go home? <laughs> she's like, no, you absolutely cannot go home. Like, you're having a baby tonight. And I was like, okay. But then, she, so we, we talked about options. Like we talked about rupturing my membranes. We talked about starting pit. We decided to go the pit route because um, we were afraid that if she broke my water, that things would just move too fast and my blood pressure would go like crazy. And then they'd have to do either like an emergency belly birth or it just wouldn't be the type of birth that I wanted. And so I was really grateful that she was like open to not just doing this as quickly as possible. Um, Cause I should also point out that with Saya, they ended up um, breaking my water and then I went from five to 10 centimeters in one hour. Wow. So like, so like I knew that like if she broke my water, like there was a very strong likelihood that like stuff was going to move. And that was a really intense hour with Saya. And I wasn't quite ready to just like jump into full, like active labor transition. Um, 
And so she started the, but then we decided, so then that was like six o'clock ish. She decided like, we'll let the next like oncoming, um, shift, like start your pit just to make sure that they're on board with like the plan. Cause at that point they did slap a blood pressure cuff on me. My blood pressure had like normalized. I was fine, but my labs looked a little bit like eh, something could be happening. Um, so we all decided like induction was the safest thing to do for the baby. I was full term and I was like, I, I made my peace with that part of, of the process. Um, so yeah, so 8 PM rolls around. The new midwife comes on board. She's like, yeah, let's start your pit. And I was like, okay, great. With Saya, I was on pit for like nine hours and dilated one extra centimeter with no other change. So I was like, yeah, start the pit. Like, we'll see what happens by the morning was kind of like where my brain was. Um, and so they started the pit and I told them kind of like Saya's backstory with the whole like rapid progression of labor. And they're like, okay, well, we'll also just like prep the room. Like you're going to have a baby imminently. And so I was like, really? And I'm like, yeah, really? Because normally like all the births that I attended, like when they start preparing the room, it's like the mom's like been told she's going to start pushing or the birthing person's going to like start pushing, not like, you know, oh, welcome to your induction. We're going to prep the room for a birth right now. Um, but so that happened. And then I was still like, I was talking to Matt and I was like, nothing's going to happen with Pitt. Like we're just going to be here a while. And funnily enough, like, it was our first night away from Sayas and she was born, like, together. So I was like, let's just uh, watch a cooking show together. So, like, we are total nerds. You're like, let's make it a date night. Yeah. <laughs> You're in the totally hospital like, with some pit. Yeah, I got, like, my bougie smoothie that I was, like, waiting for. I was, like, I had this whole plan about, like, we are going to have this beautiful dinner. I'm going to get my overpriced smoothie, and then we'll, like, make our way to the hospital eventually. But that was out the window, so now we're having our overpriced smoothies, and we're watching America's Test Kitchen on a hospital couch with some pit hooked up. Okay. So that was how it went for, like, two hours. And, again, like, we called, like, a couple family members, and I was just, like – the contractions were like picking up a little bit, but it wasn't anything crazy. Um, and then 10 o'clock came around and I was like, I just don't want to be sitting anymore. Like I just do not want to sit. So I got up and I started like, I don't know if you remember like Deb, I, I always requested with that month of like prenatal yoga class I took with you while I was still pregnant with Sybil. It's like a low anjane asana, but you take that front foot out to the side and you kind of do like some asymmetrical rocking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I had, Matt had brought my yoga mat and I just started doing that and like some cat and cows and some spinning baby stuff. And, um, that kind of went on for a couple hours until I was like, you know what? I want to be standing because I was like rocking between like child's pose and mostly like quadruped and like birth ball, like hip circles, just like really kind of like low grade movement, but I just didn't want to be still. And then midnight came around and I was like, I want to stand and I want to move. So at this point we called our doula and I was, her name is Mary. And I was like, Mary, you know, things aren't really moving fast, but just so you know, like I'm on pit and I'm starting to feel some like rectal pressure, but it's not constant. So just know that like, I know you have two kids, like it's midnight, just stay home. We'll call you early morning and let you know where we are. Um, and I was at the foot of the bed and Matt was like, wait, did you say, did you, yeah, 
you have rectal pressure, I'm going to get the nurse now. Because with Faya, I started, like, I lost my stuff with, with Faya. I was, like, screaming at my doula in a very nice way, of course. Like, I have to poop now. Like, get the nurse because I have to poop, and I have this IV pool, and I don't know how to do this. And they were like, no, 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 you're, like, going to have a baby now, not poop on. Um, so I, like, so Matt knew, like, as soon as I started talking about, like, rectal pressure or, like, needing to poop, like, things were, things were moving. Um, so he went to grab the nurse. And the midwife came back with the nurse. And I thought Matt put his hand on my back to, like, rub my back as I was, like, kind of squatting over the foot of my hospital bed during a contraction. And I'm like, please remove your hand now. And uh, and it was the midwife. <laughs> and so, like, <laughs> I just remember this hand, like, very slowly lifting from my back. And then seeing the midwife's head, like, pop around to my face. And I feel like for anybody who's listening that's, like, in the military, like, I was former military, um, got out as a very junior officer. But this woman was, like, a senior officer midwife. And so, like, I all of a sudden, like, reverted into this, like, oh, my God. Like, I just told this, like, very senior person to, like, kind of F off in the nicest way possible. Um, And so I had to kind of, like, put myself in check there for a moment. Again, we're, like, delivering an Army hospital, if I didn't say that either. Um, And so, but she was the most wonderful person. I can't even tell you. She was so wonderful. So she comes to the head of the bed, and she's like, why don't I raise the bed for you? Because I was, like, having contractions and squatting and holding onto the foot of the bed. And then in between contractions, I would just kind of, like, lean on the foot of the bed with my chest and, like, do, like, hip sways or figure eights, like, side to side. And we had about five contractions there. So, like, for, like, 20 minutes there. And at that point, I was, like, I can't be on my feet anymore. And she's, like, okay, just come up onto the bed when you can. I'll lower it back down. And it just was, like, the weirdest thing. With Saya, at this point, I would have been screaming my head off. And at this point, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, I'll get into the bed and, like, crawled into the bed. Um, and and I had, like, a contraction, and I paused. And it's, like, 1230 at this point. And, and then I went to the head of the bed. And so I was, like, kneeling. She had, like, raised the head of the bed. I was kneeling by the head of the bed. My arms were, like, draped over. And my water still hadn't broken. And I remember having this really, like, very lucid conversation with the midwife. Like, my water hasn't broken. Like, is this really, like, happening? And she's like, I'm not worried about your water breaking. Like, let's have a mermaid birth. Like, having a birth on call. And I was like, okay, cool. All right. I guess that that's what's going to happen. Um, and Matt was standing by the head of the bed with the midwife, which, again, to give you a frame of reference during Sayo's birth, he was, like, hiding in a corner because he was terrified of the noises I was making. Um, and so at this point with Sybil, he was at the head of the bed, and he had, like, picked up on the mantras I was, like, saying to myself, which, like, Deb, I feel you'll appreciate. I was like, relax my neck, relax my shoulders, relax my <laughs> I neck. I appreciate that because <laughs> that's what I say every class. Oh, my gosh. And then you were, like, still a little, like, a Jiminy Cricket on my shoulder. Um and then the other one was like, trust my body, trust my baby, trust my baby, trust my body. And I just like those two, I circled through, I like in between every single contraction. And then I got to this point where I was like, leave my knees, birth with ease. <laughs> and it was just like, I was like taking 
all of your classes like in succession. And, and I just remember having this like funniest thought. Cause I was like, I remember you saying that during classes and during training and being like, there's just, there's no way that that works. Like, Saya shot at me like a firecracker in that traditional like semi-reclined position. That is the only way babies come out. There is no way I'm going to be able to kneel, that I'm going to squeeze my knees together. Like this is just, this is like those orgasmic births you read about. Like that's just not happening. Um, but I started squeezing my knees. And when I started squeezing my knees, the midwife was like, um, excuse me, sir, if you want to catch your baby, you need to go to the other side of the bed now. And I was like, wait, what? And I, like, looked at her, and I was like, what do you mean now? She's like, um, it looks like you really want to push. And I was like, uh, kind of, I guess. And I remember saying to her, I'm like, but I am so scared to push. I'm so scared to push. And um, she just looked at me. She's like, that's okay. We're all here. You're okay. And it was just, like, this permission to, like, be scared but be okay. Right? Like, you don't have to be comfortable to be okay. That's something I say to my yoga students all the time. Um, but just, like, she was just, like, this is all going beautifully. Like, the lights are still dim. Like, there's no music. There's no extra sound. After the birth, my husband told me at this point, like, anybody who entered the room was, like, given this look from the midwife, like, do not say a word. Like, do not disrupt the peace of this room. And so there was, there was, I heard no other voices in the room. Um, and so then at that point, I was like, I, I guess she's like, do you, are you comfortable with me doing a check to see where the baby is? And I was like, every contraction was like this seismic shift, like change in station. It was like each contraction I had, I knew that this baby was like shifting a centimeter closer. Like I just knew like we were, it was imminent, but I, but I also didn't know. I was like, wait, this is, this is not how they entered. Like we have to be screaming about pooping in order to be pushing. Like, I just am telling you that like, I have to poop, but it's okay. And she was like, she was just like, yep. Okay. I'm going to do the check. Like after the next contraction and also like cervical exams with say were like traumatic experiences with this. I was like, okay. And she did the check and she was like, yeah, you're ready. Let's push. And I was like, okay, let's push. It just was such like a delirious thing as I like really think about it and telling you this. Um, and so at 110, we started pushing. And uh, by 122, Sybil was born. And it was like, I counted nine pushes. I had three pushes with one contraction and then I like rested. And then I was like, again, Ease your knees, birth with ease. Like, Deb, you were, like, in my room, I swear. And and then I had, like, I had the next contraction came, and I had four pushes. And I was about to, like, stop after the fourth push. And she was like, if you have it in you, don't stop right now. Like, give give me a couple more pushes. And then, like, it was, like, ring of fire, holy hell. <laughs> and then Sybil came out. And she, and Matt's like, we have another girl. And I'm like, oh, my God, we have another girl. Oh, my God. And then it was just like this. I remember getting kind of, like, twisted up in the whole, like, umbilical cord situation because I was still, like, kneeling over the head of the bed. And then somehow, like, I needed to be, like, sitting, right, to, like, hold my baby on my chest. Um, and so there was, like, this moment of, like, which way am I turning kind of confusion um, but it was so quick. Like I just all of a sudden was there and then I had her on my chest and 
Amanda. You had your slimy baby. I had my slimy baby. Deb, I cannot tell you. Like, I burst every blood vessel in my face into one eyeball with Saya. And with Sybil, like, we have this picture of me, right, at, like, with her on my chest, like, in that, go- like, first moment. And, like, I, I don't wear makeup. Like, I just don't. But it looks like I'm wearing, like, blush. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and that's it. Like, I just, like, I'm just, you like, like glow. You know, like, I've never, like, never, never felt the glow in any of my stages of pregnancy. But in that moment, I always look at, like, when I look at that picture, I'm like, oh, I actually do look as calm as I remember feeling. That's kind of cool. Oh, um, Allie, that story. Oh, <laughs> I loved hearing that. I remember being in class. It was one of those Tuesday mornings because that's when I teach in my basement. And I remember you talking about the mantra, I trust my body, I trust my baby. It was really resonating with you at that time. Because I remember switching my theme like on the spot. I'm like, that is what we will do. And (laughs) I think someone else recently had a baby and that was a theme. And so we were talking about that a lot. And it's the fact that you had that deep innate trust in your body and your baby. It's just, I literally gave me chills when I heard that. And I'm having known you during this time. I'm so proud of you because I know how, <laughs> and you and I are so similar. Like I remember having you in teacher training, like you yeah. were a note taker. You and I are very, and I say this, this love type A. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. yeah. I have a lot of other terms for that, but yeah. Uh-huh. And we call it type A. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I, it's just brings such warmth knowing how open and you did go with that flow. Like you were able to let go of the control, but trust that your body knew what it was doing and your baby knew it was doing. And, and everybody in your team circled the wagons. You know, that's one of my favorite sayings, circle yeah. the wagons to hold yeah. that space for you to do. And, and that the midwife's like, don't say a word. Like it's, ah, I loved it's so great. That's just so great. I'm so happy yeah. for you. Thanks. It, I'm like, I'm also in this like six months postpartum, like all my hormones are everywhere. Like almost in tears talking to you right now, like out of joy and just reflecting back. So thanks. Yeah. Oh, all huh. right. <laughs> so we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, will you tell me how your postpartum journey has been? We'll be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. Postpartum. How's this? How's the, you went into that world of birth and then you have to find our way out of that world of birth. How's postpartum been? Yeah. So again, I feel like, and I, we struggle with this, like as parents, like trying not to draw comparisons between the two girls because there's just two different people. Um, but because like they're both my babies and, and I birthed both of them and had postpartum journeys with both of them, I feel like I have to kind of compare them to put them in perspective. Um, postpartum this go around is just 
so radically different. I feel like with Saya postpartum was so much about me and like how I was processing things and like feeling like I was losing a sense of my professional identity um, because I made the we made the decision as a family that like I would stay home with Saya. Um, and so there was, it was all just like, like, of course, it was like heal, like healing took a really long time. Like physically healing took, oh God, like eight, nine months to feel like I could sit on a chair comfortably and like run without, you know, having all the issues. Um, but it was just like, I feel this way. I feel that way. You know, we as a couple are mourning, like we don't have time to ourselves. But postpartum with Sybil has really been more about like Faya and like Faya's journey and her transition in terms of like the family dynamic changing because all she's ever known is like mom and dad and me. Mm -hmm. And now it's like mom and dad, me and Sybil. Um, And so that has really been more of our focus, right? So like physically healing, that actually was much easier like my physical healing took, I would say eight, nine weeks most. And then I was like able to run again, not of course like speeds or distances. And most of the time like taking Saya with me to like keep the house quiet so Symbol can keep sleeping while like, you know, not getting ready for work or whatever. Um, so the whole like me fitness physical aspect is similar but different but more constrained by like the time that I have to myself because I'm still caring for Saya. It's not just about like, oh Sybil's napping so I can take care of myself. I'm like, oh Sybil's napping so now what does Saya need? Um but the challenges have really been like the sibling not even dynamic. We're not there yet. I can't pretend to have like I mean we have some of those issues, but more like Saya was pretty much fully potty trained minus night before Sybil was born and man, is that a wake up? Like that was her, her expression of control and like everything else was changing, but she could still control that aspect of her life. So like working through potty training regressions and then, you know, sleep being interrupted by a baby because we live in a tiny little townhouse in Alexandria that we love, but like it doesn't leave a lot of room for like soundproofing or like separating the kids, you know, even if it's by a wall, like we share walls between bedrooms. So, um, the baby wakes up most of the time she was waking up. Um, and then I like have to be very honest, Deb. And I like, I hesitate to share this cause like you have lots of listeners and I, but at the same time, like you have lots of listeners. So I want to say this, um, like mom rage and the time room get like choked up, but like, that was a phrase I wasn't familiar with in the postpartum part of Saya. Like I'm not, a, I'm not a yelling person. I don't even like loud noises. I'm one of four kids growing up. Like I was the peacekeeper. I didn't ruffle feathers. Like I just like things to be quiet. Um, but there's something with the hormones and just whatever it was that after Sybil was born, I just have had these moments of what I've come to learn about as mom rage. And so just finding myself kind of short fused. Um, and, you know, I, of course, didn't like hurt my children or like scream obscenities at them. But I have had these moments of like really intense, like I want to scream at you right now. But because I am a 34 year old woman, like I have the awareness to know that like that's not an appropriate response and that's not going to make the situation better. 
So let me do a little like moment of deep breathing to myself and then come back to you. Um, and some moments that really works and we have like a, a calmer interaction moving forward, but in other moments it, it comes out in probably a, a louder volume interaction than I would like to have, um, or not quite the level of compassion that I wish that I had. Um, and so that kind of like brought me into like, a few sessions of professional counseling to be like, what is this thing? And like, I've never been in counseling before. I don't know if you're the person to help me, but like help me more or less. Um, and so that has been like one of the, the bigger parts of postpartum over the past few months for, for me and for our family is just kind of like, okay, mom loves everybody. Um, mom has some unmet needs. If I can feel that from a, a good inside podcast, I listened to a couple weeks ago, like, on mom rage, can I mention other podcasts that is that allowed? Of course, of course. Okay, so Dr. Becky Kennedy, I've got to give her the credit. I, I'm not an Instagram person, so I can't like connect with you, but like thank you. I listened to your mom rage podcast, and she says this thing that like mom rage or rage is a sign of unmet needs, and she talks about like mom slash parental rage for any you know people who don't identify as mom. Um, and I just, I was listening to this podcast again, as I was taking an early morning run and I basically was crying. I was like, what are my unmet needs? But beyond me, like when my three-year-old is screaming back at me, like, what are her unmet needs? Um, and so like that's been, again, the past couple of weeks, really, it's just been the big work of our family along with helping little sister to, uh, sleep a little bit more at night. Um, so, thank you yeah. so much for sharing that. Cause I have to tell you, it, it is a very real thing. I still have mom rage at times <laughs> and, yeah. and the way you're handling it, I think is really beautiful. I will be totally open that I don't always get a deep breath and I sometimes raise my voice louder than I should and always feel badly about it, but it's real. Like what you're feeling is real and I appreciate your openness because I think when others can hear that, then they, they're not as hard on themselves. And it's also an invitation. Like you, you said, you, you sought some help to recognize what was going on. And when we can see that this is something so many of us have, we don't feel the shame about it and we can then seek to resolve it or at least understand it and then take the steps. So I'm just appreciative of how open you are about your experience. So thank you. Yeah, I, oh, if I could tell you how many hours the past, like, week, I've been like, can I talk about this? Can I not talk about this? I have to talk about this. Yeah, (laughs) no, you do. You really do. And I'm glad, I'm really glad you did. So as we start to wrap things up, what is one final tip or piece of advice you would like to share with your community? Is there something you wish you had heard that you want to share? Or is there something that you really live by that you want to share? Hmm. Okay. I have like cheeky responses to this and I have like serious responses to this. <laughs> go, go both cheeky. ways. Go both. both. Okay, I want to hear it all. Response, it, my cheeky response is like, don't buy jeans that don't stretch. Like that's <laughs> what somebody had told me. Like just, just embrace either the stretchiness of your pants or like just go to yoga pants. Like I had, I had again this like mom, like really good friend of mine tell me like mom's an extreme, momming is an extreme sport. So embrace the active wear. 
Could I just tell you one thing that popped into my head? Okay, I'm going to date myself yeah. a little bit because I'm I'm significantly older than you. And so I used to watch Friends during like I think it was during college, and when. Phoebe Buffay, that character, was wearing, I think it was Santa pants, and they were maternity pants, and then I think Joey wore them for Thanksgiving. It reminded me of that. It's like, there's nothing wrong with stretchy maternity pants, so... Yeah, thank you for that. I tell all of my doula clients, I'm like, as soon as your pants feel uncomfortable, I don't care how many weeks pregnant you are, like, just yeah, go ma- into the maternity yes, pants. Yes, 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 like, I agree. You won't feel so bad about buying them if you get like 40 weeks out of them. So, yeah. like, just wear them. Um, oh, that's a great response. Okay, now what's the serious response? Yeah, okay, but the serious response is like, okay, if you're coming at this, like, you're having more than, like, this is your second or like successive birth. Um, is to like embrace the time left in your pregnancy with mm. the family that you have here, right? So like for us, it is we are a family of three, and it was actually like a really dear aunt of mine who doesn't even have children. God bless her. This is the PA that was like on call for the home birth, um, and she was. I was like having a moment of just like being really upset at the the hypertension around like thirty seven weeks, and she's like, Allie, just focus on this family of you, Matt and Saya for right now. Like this baby will be here soon enough, but like make the memories now, make this a time that you look back on fondly, not a time that you're stressing about. Um, and so that's, that's often what I tell my clients who already have children is like, once this, this baby that's growing inside of you right now, once they are earth side, you are going to be spending a disproportionate amount of time, especially like immediately postpartum, whether you're breastfeeding, chest feeding, lactating, nursing, bottle feeding, 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 like whatever it is, like new babies just need a lot more time. And you're going to wish that you have more time to give to your older kids. And so you, it is what it is. Like I just, every, every family that I talk to is postpartum. Like I just feel bad that I'm not spending more time with my older kids. So like I always tell them, like just carve out that extra time, read the extra book without it being like a struggle, um, get the extra snuggles, even if they're uncomfortable, like just spend that time as a family as much as you can. That's great advice. That is such great advice. So are you back to teaching? I am. So where can people find your classes? So I actually, I only teach virtually right now. Um, I was teaching like three different studios before COVID and then they all unfortunately did not survive. Um, but I have my own website. So it's www.wellnesswithallymarie.com. Um, and I teach, I teach two power classes a week. I teach a prenatal yoga class. Um, before Sybil was born, we also had a postnatal, a postpartum class on the schedule. Um, as Sybil gets older, then we're, I'm hoping to bring that one back. Um, but right now it's just those three classes and you can just, it's, it's donation based classes. So pay what you can. Um, it's really just about fostering these communities and these connections for people that, um, might not otherwise have an opportunity to get them. Um, and I really just welcome anybody to come. Are you heading back to the doula world at any point? I am, Deb. And that is something that I tell you what, I was not really planning to do as soon as I am. But it was actually last night that I met with this really beautiful family. Um, and I just feel really called 
to to be there with them to, to support them. So I already have three more births. Oh on wow! The <laughs> yeah, I have three so, more births between now and January. Yeah. So if anyone in the DC area is listening to this and they're like, "Oh, I like this alley person. I like her energy." <laughs> how can, <laughs> how can they connect with you about your doula work? Yeah, so it's the same thing. It's the same thing through my website. I have um, uh, I have a little section there about like pregnancy support, um, and you can connect with me there. You can, there's a contact me, and you can just shoot me an email through that little um, section there, and I will gladly reach back out to you. Allie, it has been such a pleasure getting to know you, to watch your journey, to see these new places that you're going. I'm so thrilled you found your way into the doula world. You have so much to give, and I know the incredibly big heart and compassionate person you are. So I'm thrilled that you're there supporting people because, you know, births, it's a big ordeal and we need support. So thank you for the work you do. And thank you for trusting me to hold the space for you to share your story. Thank you so much. This has really been wonderful. My pleasure. This has been an episode of Yoga Birth Babies, produced by Prenatal Yoga Center. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope. I'm Deb Flaschenberg. Thanks for listening. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.